Madame et Monsieur, écoutez bien. Welcome to Fashion Mode with Charles McDonald, brought to you in association with Force Magazine on World Radio Paris. Bonjour and welcome to Fashion Mode. This is the primetime fashion show for World Radio Paris, brought to you in association with Force Magazine. I'm Charles Daniel MacDonald and I will be hosting the show, as always, exclusively for World Radio Paris. The heady heights of summer have arrived in the city. Always a protagonist for international street style and trends means that this season every rue has its own Parisian style file and sidewalk catwalk in full swing. In this show, I will be looking at the top seven trends which have been noted across the city. This is complemented, as always, by the father of French fashion, Pierre Cardin, whose latest future fashion exhibition pays homage to the capital with a spectacular 70-plus year retrospective. The Biggest Parisian Summer Trends Summer isn't just about sundresses and bikinis. With this in mind, we've tapped the top buyers and styles from your favourite stores, such as Planton, Net-a-Porter and Moda Operandi, to weigh in on the hottest trends spotted within the capital this season. Today we're talking about serious Venice vibes, a new way to wear your pearls, and a pants style we haven't seen in over a decade. California Cool So we've waxed poetic about our obsession with tie-dye, but the summer trend is leading further into its west coast roots. We're loving the California cool vibe for the warmer months, including upbeat and casual trends such as Hawaiian shirts, bucket hats, racer tank tops and anything tie-dye. You can polish off this look with denim cut-offs and old-school sneakers, especially vans, to really capture the SoCal aesthetic. The beautiful print technique feels fresh and sophisticated silhouettes such as dresses and skirts. In other words, you don't have to go full hippie to participate. Souvenir jewellery She sells seashells and we're buying it up in the form of jewellery and hair accessories. The California cool trend is definitely back but with a wonderless spin. It's an elevated take on jewellery finds that one would snag at a fabulous local shop on holiday. Think shells, studs, charms and pendants as the coveted accessory for this summer. You don't have to invest your paycheck to participate in this either. We're seeing this category grow each and every season to include everything from hair clips and headbands to headscarves. The favourite accessory brand of Paris, Valet and Elio, which contrasts precious stones with colour and whimsical. This summer it bag. When it comes to summer bags, our minds immediately think of straw totes. All the buyers we ask still approve of the seaside trend and don't see it waning anytime soon. They elicit a vacation mindset, even while using them in the city. As a versatile summer staple, it's polished but not stuffy and can really tie together a look. Craftwork is becoming a year-round trend in bags, Look out for straw, crochet, woven, all the details are in the craft. If you're searching for a leather it bag, 
Aitken is a big fan of Bottega Veneta's new pouch clutch. Oversized or mini, it's the perfect piece to take you from day into night and become an essential in your wardrobe. I've been hearing that on repeat. The modern tea dress. This summer, trade in your fit and wear sundresses for a retro-inspired style. A sophisticated soft look with high shine silks and satins help to create a daytime opulence. Now these styles show off a little ankle but still retain a hint of flirtation. The sleeper dress trend is super flattering and a great length. It's also in line with another new trend we are seeing, pieces with a vintage feel being reworked to look new. Find dresses that are mid-length and flow away from the body like a drop waist. The prints and colours are up to you, with styles ranging from saturated hues to antique florals. Shield sunglasses Say goodbye to oversized and skinny sunnies. Big is back with an athletic twist this season, and oversized shield sunglasses are heavily trending this summer. Think 90 Sport with a futuristic take, and the bigger the better. Also, if you're feeling adventurous, Go full on dad mode with colourful Oakleys or tone it down with geometric black shades. Utility A utilitarian theme and a dose of practicality is welcome for the summer. These lightweight layers are ideal for hot days that need coverage from the dangerous rays. Linens, khaki as well as the cargo pant and Bermuda shorts exemplify this trend. Cargo pants are back and if separates aren't your thing, the boiler suit also plays into this theme and it's the ultimate one-step dressing option. It's so efficient, comfortable, cool and of course stylish. And finally the square toe. It's time to take up the square toe back to reality. The queen geometric shapes make the shoe modern and the beautifully toughen up a fashion dress. Minimal sandals are a must Look for slender straps balanced with a block heel or square toes for the newest take of a variation on a theme. They say fashion is cyclical and recently there has been an emergence and homage being paid back to the 1990s. So the next style file may not come as such a shock to many people. Channeling 90s David Beckham, Guys in Skirts is only the start. Why the menswear revolution is starting all over again. It's fair to say that the beginning of 2010 wasn't menswear's golden age. Drop crotch pants were a thing, and the big conversation in the business was tragic. Its chief subject was the financial turndown of the 2008-09 crisis, which not only sparked a general malaise across the luxury industry, but also created a category-specific problem for menswear specialists. All those sublime layoffs had wiped out the spending power of a considerable constituency of consumers and sparked the first wave of this decade's ongoing agonising about the future of the suit. On the runways though, we were seeing much other scintillating flashes of wearable rhetoric, some of which would be prefigure about this past two decades transformation of menswear. The menswear season of spring 2010, which when unreviewed by style.com, was another era. 
We still had Alexander McQueen. Stefano Pilati was at YSL. Gianfranco Ferre showed. Chris Van Asch was doing loose monochromatic suiting at Dior Home. And John Galliano was at John Galliano in his full creative pomp. Kim Jones was showing suits at Dunhill. And Frida Gianni's Gucci was as lavishly conventional as Mikel's is now lavish with the opposite. And while there were certain fixed points that still remain, Joshua Armani, Yoshi Yamahoto, Dolce & Gabbana, Paul Smith & Versace, the house whose progress between the show season of summer 2010 and 20 most encapsulates the alterations menswear as a world that has gone by and now poses as Louis Vuitton. Vuitton's first collection of the decade, which was designed by Paul Herbers under Marc Jacobs, was themed around New York bicycle couriers and used to conceit and slip in sportswear references. We saw fanny packs, shorts over leggings, which Tishi was also pushing at Givenchy, lanyards, all preposterously worn with formal, albeit floral heel shoes. The footwear deficit was met by the audience, which starred the Black Eyed Peas members wearing Kanye West's now Holy Grail designed LV sneakers. Fast forward to the season just past the LV and the sportswear led cultural transition from the formal to the casual and luxury menswear, notably driven by Kim Jones during his time at LV, that Hellbear show prefigured now seems complete in the hands of Virgil Abloh. It's the wider arc of the decade, and it's the broadest brushstroke, but there have been many finer details also. There was the steady runway-led assimilation of elements formerly exclusively feminine into menswear, like jewellery at Lanvin's spring-summer 10 collection. When women wear pants, men can wear jewellery. Westwood and Givenchy carried on this theme with recurring skirts and male lingerie at Donatella's Fashion Fall 2013 collection, all of which anticipated the rise and end-of-decade rush of fully gender-agnostic houses such as Gypsy Sport, Paloma Spain and Art School. The flip side of that feminism, meanwhile, was the emergence of clothes at Racon's and Craig Green that seemed purposely and playfully burdened by symbolic representations of the traditionally masculine. The suit is the most conventional expression of the masculine in dress, and after an early decade, last gasp flourishum of dandyism, driven by Petit Yomo's peacocks and Mr Porter's first few years of pocket square garnished obsession with all things gentlemanly. The familiar two-piece now appears as a on-the-wane and a busted flourish of patriarchy enabling conventional masculinity. For several years in Milan, you might see hundreds of suits a days at the zoo. Zegna, Brioni, Canali and often Etro, and more, but all of these houses have since pivoted to offer clothes for a much broader spectrum of mankind. That shift reflects the wider diversification of Apex menswear during the 2010s, which in turn reflects the wider diversification 
of the notion of manliness between 2010 and 2020. In short or shorts, the landscape of masculine paradigms has shifted for the better. Bad bankers, Me Too and Donald Trump have all combined to suck any credibility and certainly all authenticity out of Wolf of Wall Street flavoured alpha male tropes. They also provided a negative backdrop against which we saw a new and generally liberal, much more inclusive flavour of masculinity which has permeated the speed of menswear. Now for the season just passed and the first of a new decade, this was packed with collections whose designers aimed to subvert and flip male archetypes. From Dries van Noten to Prada to Pigalle, they worked to signal the main wearer as an object of desire instead of telegraphing the desires he is subjective to. Menswear has become a much freer space over the course of the 2010s, a non-judgmental, call-out culture aside, meeting point and melting point of cultures, aesthetics and sexual orientations. Because of that, much of the most innovative and compellingly experimental work in all of fashion is happening in menswear, and the size of the menswear market is increasing much more rapidly than that of women's wear. This leads to the question, have the 2010s set up the 2020s to be the golden age of menswear? It feels like, just maybe, they have. And finally, the father of French fashion, Pierre Cardin's Future Fashion Exhibition, opens at the Brooklyn Museum. The Brooklyn Museum's Pierre Cardin retrospective explores the peaks and pinnacles of his 70-year career, but what the multimedia exhibition underscores is time and again the designer's forward thinking. With his 97th birthday behind him, Cardan will not be at Wednesday night's opening party for Pierre Cardan, future fashion, as he had hoped. But the designer has been intrinsically involved with the planning of the exhibition, which features 19 sections, each with a well-measured fix of fashion, snapshots, videos, accessories and industrial design. All of this is set against pop artish and photographic backdrops. The show runs until January the 5th, with leadership support provided by Chargueur Philanthropies. By today's standards, 21st century unisex, kinetic, licensing, democratic and pluralisation may seem like the been there, done that, but what distinguishes Cardin from many of his contemporaries is how he raced to be the first as indicated by the Eve Arnold photoshoot of the fashion show that Cardan staged in the Great Wall of China back in 1979. This was only recently revealed from archives. In addition to China, 
Cardan was the first European designer to show in Russia and India. That sounds a bit right for a designer who once said, I don't look backwards, only forwards. Now, like many museums around the globe that are using fashion as a gateway to get patrons into the door, the Brickwood Museum has upped its numbers thanks to shows dedicated to David Bowie, Frida Kahlo and others. A video clip from its 2014 Jean-Paul Gaultier exhibition helped to set the Cardan notion in track. After learning that Gautier worked for Cardin at one point, the curator started to look at Gautier's work through different eyes. That jogged such childhood memories of Pierre getting a Cardin gift set, perfume, soap in a rope and that kind of thing, as well as images of broad-shouldered jackets from the 80s. The Newport Restoration Foundation's compact Cardin exhibition back in 2017 was followed by one at the SCAD, FASH, Museum of Fashion and Film. This prompted Matthew Jokowski, Senior Curator of Fashion and Material Culture, to float the idea by Brickwood Museums, Anne Passantyke and David Berliner, Pierre Cardin, yes. They immediately took on board the comments and started to curate the exhibition. The curator's favourites include the early 70s kinetic dresses, think car wash, that move in ways we really haven't seen before in fashion, and the illuminated clothes, a concept first tested back in 1968 by embroidering lights into a dress debuted by a Cardan mousse, Maries Gaspar. In the last gallery before the gift shop, a handful of light-infused dresses are shown opposite a monitor, playing a 1963 episode of The Jetsons that references a Pierre Marchand original. Saturday's 50th anniversary of the Apollo 11 lunar landing appears to be symbolic, given all the space-age-inspired fashion and memorabilia. Cardin was so enthralled that he visited NASA back in 1969, and... You can see he absorbed the reality of the technology and the same thing happened later when he visited the computer labs. The designer's computer 1980 coat has fins on the back similar to the ones he saw on a computer, gesturing toward a colourful futuristic lamp as another iteration of design. Gallery goers can also see cover footage of Cardin's 2008 Gobi Desert Fashion Show, his 2016 Yellow River Stone Forest Fashion Show, and the 2018 Great Wall Fashion Show. There is a lot to be learned in the wall text also, such as how Cardin showed his first men's creation, the cylinder line, on 250 college students in 1960, or his preference for narrating shows that could stretch beyond the 90-minute mark in the 70s and 80s. After one such occasion at the Met in 1980, Andy Warhol described his diary, powering into CZ. Guest stations, wagons to attend. It was the longest show in the world. I think he's kept every dress that he's ever made. I did like it because he's kept so many dresses from 1950 to 1980. Warhol wrote. 
Tack on 40 more years, and it's clear that Lobovsky had an abundance of possibilities for the show. More often than not, Epic is overused, but it is spot on in relations to Cardin's multi-dimensional career. Over the course of his career, Cardin's logo was stamped on more than 850 licenses, and in 1969, his empire enabled him to acquire the historic Théâtre des Ambassadeurs in Paris, which has since been restored as Espace Cardin. In 1981, he brought famed bistro Maxims, where he had once been refused entry years before, the Palais Boule, the Bubble House in 92, and later a castle in Lacoste, France, where he stages an annual music festival. In addition to watches, clocks, radios, lighting and other categories, Cardin delved into furniture, cars and aeroplanes. He designed upholstery, taillights, strip detailing and other accents for the 1972 Javelin and the interiors and exterior of the Atlantic Aviation Westwind 112. Most striking is one of Cardin's most recent furniture designs, the Sunset Crescendo, which imagines an orange sun resting on a bright blue wave. Even more intriguing is the night sky-inspired gallery. This features a 28-foot-long satin-like ring around the room, which appears to be illuminated for what is supposed to give an asteroid effect. Fifty minutes into the preview, the curator mentioned how he also designs his show. The intergalactic asteroid effect required 1,400 pixels of multicoloured lights that were individually programmed in blue, pink and white, and the walls were adorned with images of stars from NASA. He talked about how, as a child, he liked to look up at the galaxy and thought, that's what evening dresses should look like. Gesturing towards a mint green coloured silk gown with synthetic lame and Swarovski crystals, that Naomi Campbell wore to Buckingham Palace back last year. Traces of other VIPs can be seen in a 1967 clip, with Mia Farrow fitting and Cardin's longtime collaborator and friend, Jean Moreau, 1963 trailer for the Bay of Angels. The Cosmocorps vignette spotlights the colorist suit he designed for his cylinder collection. Cardin also made one for the Beatles, who wore that look for a very long time. They had their own costume designer, so Pierre wore the first and the other person made the next 50 versions of it. French composer Jean-Michel Jarre's music also pays homage to the designer as it's piped across the exhibition and the galleries for an additional spectacular. A photograph of one of Cardin's friends and fans, Raquel Welsh, in a black bodysuit, blue vinyl miniskirt and plexiglass visor graces the cover of the exhibition's book and the film actress is expected to attend the opening. When the show opens to the public on Saturday, ticket holders will also find a teaser for the upcoming documentary House of Cardin, which is expected to debut at the Venice Film Festival. There are also such microcosms of American history as the red-collared wool suit, which was purchased by Jacqueline Kennedy in 1957, and worn three times before 
and during her years in the White House. It has been documented she wore it three times. The first was to a congressional hearing. So today we're obsessed that you only wear one thing. Near the encased ensemble, visitors can watch a 1957 video clip of her wearing the suit for a TV tour of her Georgetown townhouse for the show home. That was also the look of choice for the Kennedys' first visual visit in 1961 to Canada, which was evidenced by the Life magazine cover of her chatting with a Canadian Mountie. As for making his show photo-friendly, Lukowski said the accessibility of fashion, social media's kaleidoscopic reach, consumers' round-the-clock selfies, and vanity as a virtue are the only reasons the art world is embracing fashion. Just as happenings and installational art become immersive, fashion became immersive through these big fashion shows and experiences that translated well into museum exhibitions. When you design the show, it's not like it was 10 years ago. Every corner has to be an Instagram moment. So you have to think about that. It's a different way of designing. Having forged through the decades without any outside financial investors, Cardan's succession plan has not yet been revealed. People internally and externally are thinking about what's going to happen. And I think it's going to be a surprise. I'm sure that he has made some very candid decisions, Lukowski said. I hope you can join us for the next show where I'll be speaking about cosmic couture with fashion's very own astrologer and the influence that the fifth dimension has had on looking out of this world. With more details and features to follow, you can catch up with all the fashion news on forcmagazine.com and the same handle on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Until the next time, keep your fashion mode on.